This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Yellow Horse. Yellow Horse. The typical guest at the Walnut Crescent Bed and Breakfast in Whitehorse is middle-aged. That's probably true of many B&Bs. Even so, we have had a few young families, and I think the youngest independent traveler was in their mid-twenties, so hosting a pair of unaccompanied visitors whose average age was 11 was a significant departure from the norm. It was a hot, Friday, summer afternoon with a whiff of smoke in the air, blowing in from the forest fires in Alaska. My wife Mara and daughter Alex were out getting groceries, and I had taken a day off work. I was cutting the grass. Just by chance, I'd stepped into the house briefly for a glass of water when the phone rang. It's on the wall by the kitchen. (laughs) Yes, we have a phone on a wall. A phone that actually rings. It's the number we advertise for the B&B, so if anybody isn't comfortable making their reservation online, they can call us and actually talk. So I thought it was going to be an inquiry about a B&B vacancy. But instead, it was somebody who knew me. Chuck? Chuck? Is that you, Chuck? Are you in uh, Whitehorse? Like near the airport? Yes, this is Chuck, I replied cautiously. And yes, I am in Whitehorse. Uh, here in Whitehorse, the airport isn't very far from anywhere. Oh, thank God, said the voice. It was a woman. Thank God I was able to track you down. I realize this must be a really strange call. This is... This is, this is Alice. Alice uh, Mackenzie. Or at least that was my name before. We were... Yes, we were lab partners in fourth year engineering, I filled in. Hmm, back in fourth year. I'd kind of hoped that Alice and I could have been more than lab partners. But she was much too serious and much too stressed to take me up on anything I offered outside of schoolwork. Alice Mackenzie, I said. It's been like, what, 20 years? Where are you and what are you doing these days? What I really wanted to ask was... And why are you calling me out of the blue after 20 years? But after 20 years, I'd learn to be a bit more discreet. I'm in Toronto. I live here and, I well, let's... I remember that Maria Collingwood... You remember Maria. She had said that she had heard from Robbie. You remember Robbie? Well, anyway, somebody knew that you had ended up in, uh, in a white horse. So I looked you up online and found your government work number right away. But there was no answer. So I kept searching and found that you run a B&B. You actually run a B&B? Yes, we run a B&B, I replied, but what's this all about, anyway? Well, um, I'll explain it later, but right now, right now it's an emergency. She did sound worried. An emergency, I exclaimed. What sort of emergency? And what can I do to help? I mean, you're in Ontario and I'm in Yukon. It's, it's, it's my kids. They're sitting in the White Horse Airport at this very moment. I just talked to them on the phone. There's some guy with them who says he's the Prime Minister. I'm afraid he's some sort of child molester. And so, um, what, uh, what do you want me to do? I still didn't quite understand. The kids are all alone except for the molester guy. There's nobody to look after them. Like I said, I'll explain later, but, but could you rush right over to the airport and rescue my kids? Like, look after them until I can figure out what to do next? The kids will be so scared about now. They're all alone, and they're really young. So I promised to rescue the kids. Oh, thank you. Thank you ever so much, cried Alex. I'll phone Donovan right away on his cell. That's his name, Donovan, my son. And tell him that you'll be there to get him. And his sister. His sister is Candace. So I hurried over to the airport. I located the kids right away in the terminal. Turns out they weren't scared after all. And it turns out they weren't with the Prime Minister. 
just the Yukon Deputy Premier. They were all having fun together, laughing and telling stories. Hi, Reg, I said. The Deputy Premier was also my MLA, also the Minister of Tourism, and the Minister of a bunch of other things. In election years, I would permit him to knock on my door. In exchange, he permitted me to eat hamburgers at party fundraisers. I introduced myself to Donovan, who turned out to be 12, and Candace, who turned out to be 10. Oh yeah, my mom said you were going to show up, said Donovan. And then all three of them pitched in to tell me the story. The children were supposed to be going to visit their uncle in Yellowknife. My mom must have got Yukon and Yellowknife mixed up, said Candace, rolling her eyes. Well, they do both start with why, said Reg helpfully. Maybe she thought it was Yellow Horse, said Donovan loudly. Or White Knife, said Candace, even more loudly. They both giggled. So when they got on the plane in Vancouver, they thought that White Horse was just a stopover for the plane on its way to Yellowknife. But Mr. Uh, Red, Reg here, he was sitting beside us. Reg explained that it didn't quite work that way. And the Yellowknife wasn't really anywhere near Whitehorse, said Donovan. So we looked at our boarding passes, and by the time we landed here, we had it all figured out that my mom had screwed up when she bought the tickets. Yeah, said Candace. She didn't do geography. She did engineering, but always said the lab work was no fun. Just then, the Air Canada lady bustled over. It was Karen. We had done an improv course together at the Guild. Karen and I hugged. So you're their mother's old boyfriend from university, said Karen. Well, small world, I guess. I was supposed to meet them at the gate when they arrived here and turn them over to their uncle, but, well, well, I guess you heard what happened. I had other things to do for everyone else getting off the flight, so Reg here had been sitting with them on the plane and said he would look after them until the old boyfriend showed up. Karen winked. Reg nodded knowingly. I winced. Did your mother say I was an old boyfriend? I asked the children curiously. <laughs> of course not, said Candace. But we just knew that's what it was all about. Kids know everything, said Donovan. So anyway, I guess you're all fixed up and I can let you go. Karen shook hands with Candace and Donovan and gave Reg a clap on the back. And Reg said, Okay, I'll head off too. Don't forget the barbecue at the end of August. Lots of hamburgers. There will be a flyer out with details shortly. I took the children home and introduced them to Mara and Alex. They talked to their mother on the phone and then I talked to their mother. It was several days before we could get them on a flight to Yellow Horse. Uh, no, White Knife. Uh, no, no I mean Yellow Knife. In the meantime, we fitted them into our Walnut Crescent routine. Saturday was Parks Day. We got up early, made the trek to Pelly Farm, and then took a boat to Fort Selkirk. Everyone was hot and tired by the time we got home, but our visitors had seen a big swath of Yukon and a fascinating historical site that most people never visit. Sunday we got most of the way up Caribou Mountain and spent the late afternoon researching which store in Carcross had the best ice cream. Candace and Donovan were smart kids who were game for anything and asked lots of intelligent questions. Monday morning, while I was at work, Mara drove them down to the Beringia Museum so they could have their pictures taken with the Minister of Tourism in front of the mammoth skeleton, and then off to the City Hall to have the mayor make them honorary citizens of Whitehorse. Uh, not Yellow Horse, uh, not White Knife. And that afternoon they went with Mara, Alex, and Dave McPherson from down the corner on a hike past Stinky Lake and along the Eagle Cliffs to the lost portal of the Anaconda Mine. David discovered the portal just two weeks before. It had been hidden for a hundred years. It was Tuesday when, with some regret, we finally loaded our two young visitors on the Air North summer flight to Yellowknife. Their uncle phoned me to say they had arrived safely. There were pictures of them and Reg in front of the mammoth on the CBC Yukon News website, along with a nice article that avoided attributing blame for the geographical ineptitude that resulted in their being in Whitehorse. And that spread to the national news, bolstered by a photo of them with the mayor. Dave McPherson took care to make sure the front page of the Yukon News carried a photo of Donovan and Candace posing beside the lost portal that had now been found. 
and Yukon Tourism used some of those photos, with Alice's permission, of course, in a tourism campaign later in the year. Alice called me a few weeks later. Do you know what those damn kids did, she asked. So they phoned me from the airport in Yellowknife and said that you'd put them on a flight to Nunavut by mistake. And did I have any old boyfriends in Rankin Inlet that could come and pick them up? For a few seconds, I actually believed them. She didn't sound too annoyed, though, overall. They said they enjoyed their couple of days in Whitehorse way better than their week in Yellowknife. They really liked the secret mine and hearing the First Nations people tell about their families. And they kept talking about the mountains in Yukon. I guess there aren't many mountains in Yellowknife. So anyway, now that I have my geography straight, the kids have convinced me that we should head up to Yukon next summer for a longer visit, like the gold rush in Dawson Creek. And is there anything to see in Watson City or Teslish? What do you think? I think it would be a really good idea, I said. But you should let the kids buy the tickets. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.